Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Yeah, welcome back. It is 6.42. An astonishing 64% of all mortgages approved last month were for first-time buyers. That means that only a third of mortgages go to people moving homes. It follows a 72% decline in switching or remortgaging over the past year. What does that tell us about the health of the home loan market amid soaring interest rates? Brian Hayes is the Chief Executive of the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Joe. Let's start with the latest mortgage review. Is it universally a good thing to have so much of the market dependent on first-time buyers? Well, I suppose the market is as the market is. And uh, if you look at the last two to three years, especially since COVID, we saw a very buoyant market in mortgage approvals and mortgage drawdowns. And that's still the case, even though the year-on-year reduction in the total size, uh, the total number of mortgages has gone down somewhat. But there's been a big change. And I think there's been there's more space, in a sense, for first-time buyers now. When you look at these figures that we've produced today, which looks basically at the month of May, and I always say there's a health warning, you should look at these figures on a quarterly... And not and month on month. Not month on month. But just take the month of May, for instance. <clears throat> just short of 5,000 new mortgage approvals uh, were approved by our members across the banking and non-banking uh, area when it comes to mortgages. Uh, 3,100 of those were first-time buyers. As mm. you say, it's over 66%. That's an extraordinary figure. It's the largest percentage and the largest number of first-time buyer uh, mortgage approvals ever since we started the date and it's over 10 years old. So that's, uh, it does show um, the very significant demand that's there for housing amongst first-time and buyers. And that they can get the approvals. I mean, is some of that down to the relaxation of the central bank rules? Well, I think it's too early to say. You are right in saying there have been changes on, on the macro prudential rules by the central bank this year from January of this year. I think our assessment will be it will take about a year to determine whether that has been a factor in this. I think the bigger factor, however, is that if if one looks at, uh, for instance, um, the the level of household savings, Mm. uh, pre-COVID, 10%, post-COVID, 20%. That Mm. may have gone down in recent times. Um, In terms of total amounts of savings in the economy, about 170 billion euros, it's never been stronger. People are saving more. First-time buyers have to save more in order to get at least 10%. Is that because they were scarred during the financial crisis, Brian, and they just said, no, we're going to hoard a lot more money just in case the next crisis comes along? I mean, the financial crisis caused two big fundamental changes, one on the banking side in terms of the macroprudential rules and having much better standards of lending, more prudential lending, mm-hmm. uh, better standards Stricter across... rules. Yeah, ru- rules that, you know, weren't just important in terms of keeping the banks safe, mm. but also in keeping consumers safe for the long term because mm-hmm. banks have to take the long term view they've got to make sure they lend in a prudential way they don't can't just lump on debt to people as what happened in this country yeah. 15 years ago and in other economies in Europe so we've all learned the lessons from that and I think the other side is people are saving more they know they have to save more to get that 10% potentially there's the issue of the bank of mum and dad as well mm-hmm. for, for many first time buyers but I think they're the main drivers in the market right now we have also seen I think this year very substantial reduction in switching and that's largely due to the fact that there was a massive increase in switching last year virtually uh, people knew interest rates were rising so that's and more they locked of a themselves statistical in. bounce back yes. because the 72% it sounds on paper as if it's fallen off a cliff. But last year was the highest ever. Yeah. And last year, people got ahead of the interest rate rises. They knew it was happening, so they locked in for three years plus. And, and are people these days dipping a lot more into, like this year, dipping a lot more into their savings when it comes to switching? 
I think no. What I think people there is, I think, some standback from the market at the moment, um, and that's not a bad thing in itself. We predicted at the start of the year that we would see a, a decline in the acceleration of house price inflation. I see Daft were out yesterday. They see that's the case as well this year. That's not a bad thing in itself because it does give more space to first-time buyers who maybe have stood back from the market post-COVID because they did see this kind of double-digit house price increase. Now they're seeing, um, if anything, a slight reduction in house prices. Mm -hmm. And I think the question is going to be, as the market goes on this year and next year, and as we probably see a plateauing out of interest rates by the ECB, what impact that will have ultimately on the market. Well, that brings me to uh, central banks. Um, I mean, some central banks, especially the Bank of England across the water, are accused of choking the UK economy. Mm. Is there any risk that the ECB could do the same here? We have a buoyant economy at the moment, but interest rates are almost certainly going to rise again next month in July and possibly again in September. Well, I, I think, these. let's just look at the last year. Uh, the ECB is a relatively young uh, central bank of all central banks in, in the Europe. 1998. Yes, exactly. And it's uh, all down to the Maastricht Treaty. Uh, I, I would make the case, actually, uh, in a circumstance where uh, monetary policy is set by the ECB, we're in a much safer place in Ireland because the ECB rate, if one looks at the last year, has gone from zero mm-hmm. to 4%. Yeah. Uh, let's see whether it goes higher. The UK Bank of England has gone from 0.1% uh, to uh, Five. 5% over that same period of time. And potentially going to rise <clears throat> even higher because they've got a serious inflation problem. But I have one statistic I want to put on the record today if it, if it looks, looks at fixed rates in the UK at the moment. And there is some issue of pricing in the UK, which I think is coming home to roost now. In the UK, as I said, Bank of England have, have shoved up rates from 0.1 to 5%. Over the same uh, period of time, fixed rate, that's two-year plus uh, standard products mm. in the UK, have gone from 25 to 6%. In, the, in Ireland, where we've seen the ECB rise, rise from 0 to 4%, fixed rates on average have gone from 27 to 33 So we have actually been insulated somewhat, A, because 63% of all mortgages are, are fixed anyway mm-hmm. in Ireland, but secondly, because the actual uh, mammoth re- huge reduction, or increase rather, in fixed rates in, in the UK has led to this very substantial change in how consumers and uh, borrowers have to pay back. What? One final issue, and um, it's just a general issue. Two major banks have withdrawn. How would you regard competition in the Irish banking market at the moment? Still very strong. We have uh, three obvious, obviously pillar banks, AIB, Bank of Ireland, Permanent, TSB. We have EBS and Haven. We have three non-bank lenders mm-hmm. who are operating in the market. Uh, they have their own challenges at the moment because we're the, uh, because they don't are, have deposits coming in. Because they don't have deposits coming in. So competition is still strong and it's very strong in the mortgage market as well. But we've gone through a period of consolidation because Ulster Bank and KBC have left. And I think, you know, the IMF highlighted this in a report last year about Ireland. There is a throttling effect needed when we get to the point of um, subdued economic growth. We still need the banking sector as the key capital intermediary for investment for for businesses and firms and households and mortgages and the like. Mm. So uh, always that that has to be there at the the top of our mind uh, when it comes to providing good competition for consumers. Brian, thanks for coming in. That's Brian Hayes, the Chief Executive of the Banking and Payments Federation for Ireland. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.